that's where we are. So our scripture today is coming out of Joshua 1, verses 1 through, I lied, OCS 11. Praise his name. Hallelujah. All right. 1 through 11. Amen. And I'm coming from the ESV. And it reads, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them. I'm going to say it again. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving to them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Somebody say he's expanding us. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only, somebody say only. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Again, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days, you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Today, we are going to talk about manifest, part one of triumphing in tragedy. Come on and give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, God, and we bless you, Father. We praise you that truly is none like you. Lord God, we bless you for this day. Even through the rain, Lord, we know that without rain, there is no growth. So, Father, not only are we allowing for the rain to come down to give us growth, Father, we say rain on the inside of us. Rain within us that we may grow. Lord, we know that you are within us. And, Father, because you are in us, you are more than the world that is against us. So, Father, we exert that power. We exert that authority in Jesus' name. And we say thank you, Lord. 
Father, I pray that as I release this word today, that it does not fall upon the deaf ears. I command deaf ears to open now. I break the seal of their understanding. In Jesus' name, I declare and decree. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue risen against me in judgment, I condemn it. In Jesus' name, I say it's of no worth, it's of no use, and it is no good. And it must leave, touching and harming no one. Return to sender in Jesus' name. Every witchcraft curse is broken. Your power and authority is stripped in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that you have placed me in this time, in this season, on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose in Jesus' name. Father, we won't get the big head and swell up. But, Father, we will not stand down when the enemy attacks. We are not of those that shrink back. And in Jesus' name, we put the full armor of God over us, protecting us in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord God, that each and every person that is under the sound of my voice, whether they are here or they are online or on replay, they are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I declare and decree, Lord God, that as this word goes forth, Lord God, that my seed is secured, that it will plant on the inside of each and every person that is receiving it. Every person who is receiving it, and it will plant and it will take root and produce fruit in its due season. So we thank you, Lord God. We bless you, Father, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah and amen. So for my testimony, I wanted to talk to you all about triumphing in the midst of tragedy. Now, over the last few months, I have gone through what I like to call a refining period with the Lord. And I'm just going to be honest with y'all. This was not an easy place to be at all. There were some really, really good times with God, but there were also some mistakes that were made along the way. He helped me to identify things that were in there that I didn't realize were still in there that I had to fix. But with God, let me tell you something about him. We serve an amazing God. Our God in his infinite wisdom always finds a way in our weakest, most embarrassing times of trouble and struggle to show us how far it is that we have actually come, y'all. It doesn't matter if your struggle was with him or within. If we apply the word of God in every situation, we will find that our greatest tragedies will always become triumphs, letting ourselves, finding ourselves promoted by him and understanding our purpose in the earth. I used to say that we teach this, but there's been a shift in the house where many have gone from simply being taught to now standing and believing. Amen. So we believe, and y'all can say it with me, this is our mantra, I was born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. Hallelujah. Now, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, to everything, and I explained that earlier, every being one word, thing being another word, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Amen. Hold on, I got to get rid of this cough drop. It's hard to talk with that in your mouth. Amen. All right. So to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Now, whether you understand it or not, you are included in that phrase, every 
thing. Hear the voice of the Holy Ghost on today and know that it doesn't matter how you got here. It only matters that you are here and God has a purpose for your life. Hallelujah. You are not a mistake. You are not a victim, but you are a victor. You are not useless, but useful. You are not broke, but you are blessed to be a blessing. Can I get some people in the house of God to say that that is who you really are in him? Victory is yours. And if you choose to believe the truth in the word of God over the lies of the devil, you will, I'm going to say it again, you will triumph in the midst of tragedy. Amen. Our greatest challenge is not our adversary, but in walking it out in faith while we're in the midst of what seems to be impossible. But how many of us know that we serve a God who specializes in giving us what we need to overcome every odd of the impossibilities in Jesus' name? Some may be wondering why I take two to three weeks after we've attended a conference or we've been on a mission trip or even delivering services to have everyone to share what it is that God revealed to them and how it changed their lives. Revelations 12 and 11 says that we overcome the enemy of our soul by the blood of the lamb, which has already been shed, and by the word of their testimony. And it says, and they love not their lives unto death. In other words, it's through our steadfast testimonies that the blood of the lamb is made stronger than the works of the devil. It's through our faith in what Jesus said in Matthew 28 and 18, that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power means all power. And we must believe that his blood is all we need. Colossians 2 and 15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. First John 4 and 4 says, you, somebody say, me, dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that's in this world. Somebody needs to tap into who's inside. It's in your faith in the one who lives in you. That we can eradicate the works of darkness in our lives. You can triumph in tragedy. Now as many of you know, in July of last year, our daughter Lauren came to us and she shared some really exciting news she and her husband were expecting for the first time. And we were just elated because if you know our daughter, she was very clear whenever the topic of having children would come up. She would give you this look. And she will let you know, it ain't happening, Captain. And here's the deal. She's the child that told us the only grandbaby that we would ever receive from her would be a 401k and we could sit with her and watch it grow. And she would laugh and we would laugh and we'd be like, but we still want a baby. <laughs> well, as time went on, Lauren was growing and we were receiving cute little baby bump pictures, knowing that this baby was going to be such a blessing not only for us, but even for them. Anybody who's ever watched my Facebook, all you see is a bunch of stuff about Jesus and my grandkids. Amen? And so in November, we received a call that was letting us know that our granddaughter had a severe health issue called gastroschisis, which is a birth defect in which the baby's organs grow outside of the abdomen through a hole next to the belly button. She was measuring four weeks behind in weight and in length and would need to be delivered C-section when Lauren hit 36 weeks. Once she arrived, they said that she would live in the NICU until she was strong enough to withstand the surgery that was needed to repair this birth defect. 
Now, being who we are, we took this as a challenge. That we was going to prove how big, how strong, how wise our God is to every doctor, every nurse, every surgeon. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God's a healer. And that our God does nothing but fail. Hallelujah. He will never, ever fail. We stood against the odds, trusting that he would see Lauren and Alex through this situation, producing a miracle that would strengthen their relationship with him in ways that we never thought that he could. In December, we traveled for Christmas to go and visit the kids that live in Texas. So we started off at the oldest daughter's home. We started off in Houston. We received a call that Lauren had gone into labor that night while we were sleeping and the baby was already delivered at 4 a.m. The message from Alex said that our granddaughter, whose name was Faith, was doing well. Said Lauren was tired, but she was doing real good. She was connected to a whole bunch of tubes, and they rushed her away immediately to the NICU to be cared for properly and that there couldn't be any visitors. Because the last time I had a grandchild in the hospital, I went up there every day and I laid hands on him. He had stopped breathing, and I laid hands on him until that baby came up and out, and he ain't been back for the same thing since, in Jesus' name. So we had to trust in the prayers that we were praying we left Houston, and we made it back to Dallas. Lauren and Alex were only allowed to visit the baby in, or in, uh, only allowed to visit us in the lobby because of COVID restrictions. We laughed, we prayed, we hugged, and then we just waited for our little faith to grow and become stronger so that she could endure the necessary procedures to, to sustain and prolong her life. Did you hear what I said? We thought we were watching our granddaughter Faith grow. Yet it was God growing our faith. He was growing our trust in him to ensure our lives were sustained and prolonged in him. Now, Faith, this chick fought like a champion. She was a champion. She defied everything the doctor said that she would not be able to do. She was gaining weight before they even expected her to. They started reducing her oxygen intake, and she was learning how to breathe on her own. Three weeks went by, and I started seeing something in the spirit. So I sent a text to my daughter on the 17th, and I asked her, how is my miracle doing? She laughed because I had nicknamed her already, and she said, Faith is doing well. You could never have told me that nine days later I would receive a call that my miracle, my faith, had died. Most people believe that the number nine means new birth. But if you look at the number nine hermeneutically, it actually means judgment, finality, and completion. God had determined that her life, her journey was complete here. I had so many questions. What happened? You said, when we stand believing and praying that we would receive why would you decide that this is the best? Why would you let us down like this? Why does Lauren and Alex have to get past something like this so early in their marriage? Many people would say that I'd lost my salvation, but the devil is a liar. When you have a relationship with someone, sometimes you have a fight. And let me help you. Me and God be having some fights sometimes, y'all. Abram asked God questions concerning killing everybody in Sodom and Gomorrah. Elijah questioned God regarding Jezebel. Jesus asked, is this the only way? If so, can you let this cup pass from me? So try again with somebody who don't know the word devil. Move around. So after I stopped allowing the tears of anger to flow, 
and began allowing the tears of grief to release. I heard so clearly in the realm of the spirit, our God is sovereign. And then I heard Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Holy Spirit himself had begun to reveal the truth within John 14 and 16 in the Amplified, which says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. Y'all should have started shouting halfway through that to be with you forever. At that point, anyone who knows me knows I went into work mode and figured out what it would take to get things done to bury faith. <laughs> the funny thing is that that's exactly what the enemy expected us to do. Bury our faith. They expected us to bury our faith and leave the God that we serve every day. But when God says in Psalm 139 and 16 in the NIV, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Y'all, he meant that thing, amen? So we buried her on Monday. We flew back out on Tuesday. I went to Tijuana on Saturday. The attacks between those few days were unreal, y'all. When George stood up last week and he thanked everybody and, and talked about all the contribution, and we always say to y'all, and most of all for your prayers, we are really being honest because you have no clue the hell that gets unleashed against us so that we don't go and minister there. As a team, we experienced major family disagreements and fights. We experienced major health issues, death of parents, team members having to decide at the last minute they were unable to attend because of their own health issues. Everything we had planned, even uh, marriages were being uh, tested. Everything we planned was changing rapidly before our eyes. And I, as the spiritual covering, the apostle on duty, was still trying to deal with my own grief. And so what I decided was I was just going to put my grief to the back, you know, put it on a back burner. I can deal with this later. I'm going to focus on what God needs me to do right there for them people there. And I'll deal with this when I get back. We had several meetings, and most of all, we had a whole lot of prayer in those three days before we arrived in TJ. We continued to believe, God, that come hell or high water, we were on assignment to be the answer to someone's prayer, and we refused to be moved from that assignment in Jesus' name. So we arrived, and there was all kinds of confusion. The confusion of uh, when the truck was going to come, if the truck was going to come. So we stayed in a state and a posture of prayer over and over and over again. And so next minute you know, the truck finally arrives. One night, George is up in the middle of the night. The next night, I'm up in the middle of the night. And what ends up happening is we start putting the stuff away, separating it for the different ministries and all of that. And one of the people who used to be a part of the uh, translator team, she had gone and started her own church, and she came to me, and she began to share with me some things that had happened to her. A year prior, a couple years prior, her son had died. And when he died, she had been believing God for this son 
to serve God and to be with him. But he was like, eh, I got time. He had a four-wheeler accident, and he died when the four-wheeler flipped over and pinned him. He died alone, and it took them hours to find him. There were some people who were out searching, and they finally found him. When they found him, he was already gone. And so as we were talking, she was crying, and she goes on to tell me, Apostle, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I walked away from God. This is why we're not here anymore. I walked away from God. I walked away from the base. I walked away from ministry, and I told God, why would you let this happen? Does that sound familiar? So she's explaining all these things to me, and I realized as she's telling me this that I had not processed my grief. And she said because she just tried to put herself in the work mode, it got to a place when she didn't process her grief that she broke down, she became depressed, walked away from God, and then ended up having to go through something really, really difficult. But the thing about our God is she came back bigger, badder, and stronger after she repented. And so we cried together, and I'm like, okay. So on our way up to the mountains, we're going into an area we've never been before. And we're going to minister to the next generation there to make sure they know that they were born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose, to give them the hope, the light, and the love of Jesus Christ. And as we're going up there, I share with them, and I feel it break off of me. I have a complete meltdown in the van as we're driving up. And everybody's like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. We're all having a great time crying and everything. And the amazing thing is we get up there and things are just kind of weird. We know that we've not prayed properly to prepare the land for us coming because we didn't even realize that was where we were going. So we get up there. It's heavy. You can feel the darkness. You know there's a lot of fear. You know there's a lot of warfare. You know that the cartel is running that whole area. But God has allowed us into this place. So while we're up there, we're supposed to be ministering to the kids. All of a sudden, our team gets overtaken by fear that's supposed to be doing the crafts and all of that. So at the last minute, I have to step up and come up with a lesson to match what they're coloring so that these kids walk away knowing they were born on purpose, for a purpose, and with purpose. I'm trying to talk to these kids, and these kids are looking at me like, what are you saying? I'm looking back at Jalil, and I'm like, I done lost them, didn't I? And I go back, and I start talking again. I said, they ain't heard a thing I said. And I keep on talking. I keep pressing through regardless of what the enemy is trying to do to make me shut up and shut down. I don't stop. So finally, we get to the end. And I look over, and there's this young man who's been sitting on this rock. He's perched up there like a gargoyle, sitting on the rock. Now, I can't go down that low. Amen. I ain't going to get back up if I do. I know better. I know my limitations. Bless his name. So he's perched on this rock, and he never moves. The pastor is there, and he never moves. He sits, and he's listening intently. Now, the kids didn't understand, but he did. So we're wrapping up, and we're headed to the next place, and I said, uh, Young man, can I pray for you? Come here. 
And if you hear our translator talk about it, he was like, you were like, you, come here. That's not how it went. So, <laughs> Fernie said that, didn't he? He was like, you, come here. It might have sounded a little abrupt, but yeah. I had a little love behind it, right? But I could tell that he had been gripped by fear. He had lost his sense of purpose. He had lost his hope. And the Lord began to tell me about things that he had experienced and what was going on in his life and gave me some very specific things to tell him. And I did exactly that. I told him exactly what God said to say. And after we were done, the Lord said to do a prophetic act with him. He said, draw a line in the sand, grab him by both hands, and pull him over. And the young man started to weep and cry. And he tried to go back over the line. And I'm like, the Lord said, no, when you leave this time, you're going a different way. Did somebody hear me? Oh, go ahead and clap for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So while we're wrapping up in prayer, because now I want to pray with him before he leaves, I'm praying, and all of a sudden I start hearing, these dogs, they come out of nowhere. Now, there's a lot of dogs in Tijuana, there's random stray dogs, but I don't know what happened with these dogs because I had my eyes closed so that I could focus. I knew I had a team around me, so they're going to watch and pray for me. So I'm praying, and these dogs come, and I start to feel fear coming up in me. And I had to make a choice right then and there, y'all. Either I'm going to let fear overtake me, or I'm going to take over the fear. I said, I'm praying, and he's translating. I said something, he's translating. I said, hold on. I command you to cease and desist right now. In the name of Jesus, go. Them dogs said, pew, Hallelujah. They're, hey, they're here. They can tell y'all I'm telling you the truth. I stood there in shock for probably about 30 seconds. And I said, and the Lord said, <laughs> and I finished praying for him. He went on away. We left. We got in that car. It was quiet, y'all. Jaleel's like, we ain't say two words. Now, anytime we get in that van, we're singing our little song. We love you, Jesus. Oh, yes, we do. We love you, Jesus. And it is true. When you're not with us, we're blue. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Then we go ahead and we switch to everybody's name in the car. We're singing all kind of songs. It was quiet, y'all. You can hear a nap pee on cotton, I promise you. We did not say two words. So we go to the next place. And Jalil and I get caught into a house, and who else was with us? Somebody else was with us. I don't know. Whoever it was, they went in with us, and we went and we prayed for a man who had gotten run over by a car, and um, his leg was broken, his uh, something, his lungs were punctured, several things, and they were not thinking he was going to make it. This man did not speak English, but let me help you. When we got done praying, brother said, I agree. In English. When you know God is with you, you know God is with you. We got back to the base, and again, we were quiet until we started eating ice cream. But Fernie was like, we sat down to eat our tacos, and he was like, did anybody else see that? I just got to go on and ask the question. Did anybody else see that? And so what happened is 
I had stepped into my apostolic authority. There was something about that young man that the enemy did not want me to get to him on. Because if I was able to get to him, he was going to lose him. So what he was doing was sending dogs to put me in fear to keep me from being able to speak to that young man's future, to give him the light of hope, to give him the light of life, and to set him free from all that he was going through. But God... Now, here's the deal. Had I have not allowed what Elaine has shared with me to help me process in my grief, to help me get through what I was going through, I would have missed it. All of that lined up because I would have been so stuck in my own stuff. I would have still been sitting around crying. That young man would have went back the same way that he came. Do you understand how important your life is? Do you recognize that even though we've hit some tragic situations in our life, things haven't always gone the way that we wanted it to. We've gone through rape. We've gone through divorce. People have left us. We've made some mistakes. It doesn't matter. All that matters is you're here now and God wants to use you. How many more people have to die? In verse 2 of our scripture. It said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I'm giving to you, to the people of Israel. Understand this. When God sends you to do things, you must know who is sending you. Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And guess what, y'all? That same Jesus who has all power is the one who sent us to Tijuana. That same Jesus who has all power is the same one who lives where? So there is nothing impossible for us. Whatever he has written for our life to complete, it's written. It will get accomplished if you choose to apply the word. You got to know what the devil means for your harm. God will always turn that thing for your good. I received my breakthrough. And what that did is it allowed me to be fit to bring someone else theirs. So later that night, I was able to allow him to minister to me. Everybody was asleep. And I noticed that my questions went from, Why would you? To how do we? Father, how do we help Lauren and Alex survive the pain from the death of a firstborn? And the response was simple. He said, I so love the world that I gave my only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not die and have eternal life. If I am in you, I am greater than the pain. I am greater than the grief. I am greater than your mistakes. I am the greatness that lies within you. Somebody needs to know that today. Greater is he that lives in you than he that is in this world or anything that we experience in this world. Our God will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. Come on and stand on your feet. He wants you to know that you can be strong. And very courageous. He said only be strong. And courageous. 
We're at a time and a point and a season. We've got to make a choice. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All it takes is for you to make the choice to receive him. It honestly just takes for you to believe and receive his word. Many of us believe that he wrote it, but we don't believe that he wrote it for us. And that's an issue because he said every space thing. You're included in that. Jesus didn't die for everybody but you. He died for all of us. It is his desire to give you the kingdom, the keys, the power, the authority, the love, the grace, the mercy, the healing. This is what he wants to give us. If I offer you a million dollars right now, are you going to take the million dollars or are you just going to be like, I'll take a dollar and that's it? You're going to take it all. I'm not just going to take salvation and leave the rest of the blessings on the table. We've got to change our mindset. My responsibility, I'm going to use a phrase that some of you may or may not get, but I can explain it later. I'm recoding your soul. Your issues, your mistakes, your failures, the way that you were raised, all of the stuff that happened to you has left codes like uh, binary codes or, or uh, computer uh, code. You know how they, they, um, they take and, huh? Eyes and, okay, that too. So they take and they put codes in a computer to make it do what they want it to do. And that's what the enemy has done to a lot of us in here on today. And what it does is it blocks out our ability to hear God because we're hearing through a filter. Cover your ears right now. Put both of your hands over your ears. And tell me if you can hear what I'm saying. Are you able to hear me? Not really. It's filtered. So what he's done is he's used the things that we've endured to filter how we hear God. But you have power and authority to break them off of you. He is not in the winds, the waves. He is the still, small voice. He's not in a loud boom, bang, crash. He's the still, small voice. Amen? Good job. I's and O's, ones and zeros, all of that. So the reality is we've got to make the choice to choose life by choosing to apply his word but it takes your faith to do it, even in the midst of something so tragic. Terry lost her father. Jolie lost her father. I lost a granddaughter. And I mean, it all happened so fast that it started taking out our team one by one. But God. And so for those of us who know that we've been getting hit with different stuff. Now, a lot of us were able to stand and make it through Praise the Lord, they stood here and they prayed for us, is what they did. They couldn't make it on this particular trip, but it was supposed to be the way that it was. Because what it did is it allowed us more time to individually minister to one another. Where usually, if it would have been a group the size that we originally had, or would have had in the past, it would have been more difficult to have that time alone to minister to one another. 
The Bible tells us to do good, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. If you are a part of Jesus Christ, it's my responsibility to encourage you, to edify you, to uplift you. If you are not, it is my responsibility to teach you why you should become. Amen? And I still got to be good to you. I don't get to just beat you up, right? Amen? So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you've made the mistake of walking away from him, Maybe you found yourself in a position where you just don't quite believe him the way that you used to anymore because some things have happened in your life and you don't know how to get beyond it. If I'm speaking to you today and this sermon has hit your spirit, go ahead and come forward and we're going to pray with you. We're going to walk you through a prayer that you are going to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart so that you are able to receive him for yourself. We have made the mistake of everybody getting to the place where they depend on the pastor to do everything. That don't happen here, y'all. I empower you to stand in your God-given authority. It was never meant to be a one-man band. Even in the word, when Moses was trying to do that with the children of Israel, his father-in-law came and told him, this thing you do is no good. You're going to kill yourself and you're going to kill them. You're going to wear yourself out and I refuse to let anybody do that with me. I will empower you. I will give you what you need so that you can walk it out in power in Jesus' name. Now the thing about God is this. When you choose to receive God, just because he's with you and in you doesn't mean everything's going to go your way. You could have never told me that we were going to be burying her. Every report I had from them said she was doing amazing. She was doing great. She was doing awesome. And it wasn't them speaking things as though they were. They were giving me an actual report. So it doesn't always go the way that we want it to go. But this is where our trust and our faith, our belief in him, that this was the right time, this was the right season, not only for her, but also for all of us. He knows and he ensures that we are able to do what we need to do. And so we got to trust his choice, even when it's a final decision. Amen. For those who are online, if you'll say this prayer with me, that desire to give their life to Christ, most gracious and heavenly father, I thank you. And I praise you. There truly is none like you. I thank you for dying on the cross so that my sins would be cleansed. I thank you for dying on the cross, for going to hell, and taking the keys of death and life from the devil, from hell and the devil. I praise you, God, that you walked out of hell and that you ascended where you are seated on the right hand of God. I believe that you are praying for me every day and every night. I trust you. I receive you as Lord. And I receive you as my Savior. I receive both the lion and the lamb. Father, I know everything's not going to be perfect from here but I trust your will for my life. It's in Jesus' name I thank you, Lord, and I pray.
Amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, whether you're in your seat or whether you're online, you are a part of the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today. So for anyone who may need prayer on today, the altar is open if you need prayer for any other reason. And I am going to dismiss everyone else. Um, please remember to put your mask back on as you move about the building. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God. We bless you and we praise you. There truly is none like you. Lord God, we love you so much and we thank you for all that our eyes have seen through your word and all that our ears have heard. I thank you for breaking that seal open, Lord God, that they are not broken cisterns where it will leak back out. But, Father, it will go in and begin to cleanse from the inside. And then as it's done cleaning from the inside, it will be poured out and redistributed to all those who are in need of it in Jesus. Jesus name. I thank you, Father, for what you've done in my life, Lord God, and for what you are about to do in theirs, for the recoding, the programming, reprogramming, and deprogramming that has taken place within their soul to help them, Lord God, to move beyond where they are. We thank you, God. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Have a great, wonderful week, everyone. Amen.